Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fully Booked, the Hidden Gems author podcast where Craig Touch, the owner of founder of Hidden Gems and myself, Roland Hume, chat to special guests about this crazy industry of self-publishing and being a self-published author. And today we have a very special guest uh, who is very familiar to both Craig and myself, Nate. And Nate goes way back in the, the Hidden Gems um, uh, legacy and he's a cover designer uh, and expert in so many different things he's like the swiss army knife of people to know <laughs> and we're here today yeah. to discuss covers specifically and then how covers can have a massive impact on your book success so how are you doing today nate i'm doing great thanks for asking um it's been a kind of a busy morning but i've got coffee here so i'm good to go coffee i'm a coffee mm-hmm. achiever caffeine achiever that's what they call it no yeah. coffee, no work it <laughs> Well, it's really like like coffee flavored sugar milk, so it's kind of <laughs> like it's it's yeah, it's my breakfast of champions. And speaking of of uh, sweet and bitter at the same time, we have the man Craig Touch himself, <laughs> a writer himself, the owner and founder of Hidden Gems. How's that for an intro, Craig? Uh, yeah, sure. I guess you have to keep changing things up, right? Sweet yeah. and bitter. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I guess it depends on who I'm talking to. But um, yeah, you know, this is something we wanted to cover uh, more in general for a while because uh, we've done a bunch of different um, blogs on the topic. Uh, Nate's, I think even Nate wrote one or two of them. And of course, mm-hmm. Roland's written a couple of them. And both of you do cover design for people. And, um, you know, uh, recently we spoke to uh, Joanne McLean when she talked about how changing her cover uh, among other things, but you know, the cover being one of the major things, uh, it ended up doubling her book sales. And I know a lot of people sort of still don't understand the importance of cover. We're always taught, you know, don't judge a book by its cover, but people do, right? And it's not even a, it's not even necessarily a judgment thing. I mean, that is part of it for sure. But um, you know, on Amazon or, or most book sites, really you know, people, that's the first thing people see. They see your cover. Mm -hmm. And when they're looking at a ribbon of books to buy or a list of bestsellers or whatever, the the first thing they see is your cover. And if your cover is not on point, you know, you're not going to get them to click and see your Mm -hmm. great blurb or be able to click the look inside or, or purchase the book. So, you know, covers are, are pretty much the most important thing to get right other than, you know, writing a good book. So, yeah. so anyway, so yeah, we wanted to talk about that and you guys are sort of like the resident experts here. So, um, <laughs> what do you, so I don't know, what do you guys think? Like what goes into, um, like a good cover? What's the main sort of thing? Uh, well, okay. So the, what your book cover has to deliver, um, like your book cover is making, a promise to like anyone who's looking at your book and that promise is this is the kind of book that you will get like that's that's the basic gist so that means that your cover needs to communicate um what genre your book is um you know it needs to communicate like the tone of your book you know if it's if it's gritty or funny or you know, that kind of thing. Uh, like, these are things, like, you need to be able to communicate, like, at a glance. Um, I think that's probably, like, the biggest thing for a book cover. Like, you you have to be able to communicate your entire book, 
like in, you know, at a glance and which is why it's like so, so important to have someone who knows what they're doing, not just like a designer. Um, you know, like I see people, um, oh yeah, my, my nephew does graphic design or like, I've got this friend who, you know, like an amazing designer, like that's not enough. Like you have to have someone who is familiar with the like market of the book you're trying to write because, um, yeah, like having a, a competent design will get you, you know, three quarters of the way there, but it's like that last quarter where your competition will absolutely stomp on you, like in the rankings. Um, if you don't have, uh, all of the things that like genre readers are going to be expecting and like book covers, um, yeah, it's it's the the most important thing in a book cover is to you're making a promise to your readers and then you have to make sure you keep it with like the the book that you're writing. So that's the gist. I totally agree. And I love the idea of an unspoken promise because it is ex- exactly that. I mean, I wrote a blog post a, a few months ago where I went to the top 100 of thrillers and the top 100 romance and I broke it down by the numbers and you can see that uh, your book cover has to fit a dress code. It's like if somebody's looking for a thriller, they want the cover to look like a thriller. And if you get that right, it's basically an unspoken promise to the reader. Hey, I get your genre. That's why I have designed my cover like this. And it really does break down to the numbers. Like in thrillers, um, 82% of the top 100 in when I go and went and checked, you know, they had sans serif text as opposed to serif text. They had 58% had white text, um the dominant colors were normally white and yellow and red and these different things they're all broken down in the numbers and you can see the vast majority of successful books tick all of these boxes because that's what readers expect to see it's like a dress code if your cover doesn't meet these expectations people are going to be like well it doesn't look like what i'm used to reading or doesn't look like what i'm used to in this genre so i'm going to skip it and your cover is where it all begins, whether it's an advert on Facebook or whether it's an advert on uh, Amazon or whether you're sending it out through a newsletter. The cover is the first thing people see. And that's the first hurdle you have to get them over to click to have an interest. And, yeah, it's mm-hmm. all about, like, meeting that that reader promise. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you can have, like, the best book in the world. And, and so many people, you know, they, they write amazing books and they just have no idea. Idea, like how to like market them and it's like no one's ever gonna see them like if you don't have at least like some fundamental understanding of how to package like the product that you've made you know so if you don't have like those skills i mean that's i see people who were just like oh yeah i'm gonna use canva or i'm gonna go you know download some some free stock and and cobble something together and they come back and it's like, oh, I don't understand why my book's not selling. And, you know, no one's noticed it or whatever. And I've written an amazing book. And like, like that's why. Like, it's it's that people are, are just literally passing over your book, not even giving it a second thought because it like there's so much competition, so many professionally designed covers who attached to equally good books that people just don't have the the attention span to spend to click on a cover that's not like immediately grabbing their attention to read the blurb to find out about like what your book's about so it's just it's 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 so crucial it's the like 100% the most crucial thing like you guys said like the book cover like even if like you can't write a blurb you've got to nail the book cover 
100%. Like, it has to be done. Are you? Because people won't even read the blurb unless they like the book cover. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, it's, you've invested so much time and energy in a book. I mean, this is like months or even years of your life, and you package it in a way that no one is ever going to see it. Then, I mean, if your goal is, I wrote a book, and that's the one thing I wanted to do with my life, and it's published, that's great. Like, that's 100% awesome if that's what your goal is. But if your goal is, I want to make a living, I want to pay my mortgage, I want to feed my family, then you have to get good at the marketing aspect or you have to outsource to someone who is good at the marketing aspect. Like, you don't have a choice one way or the other. You have to to make, like, one of those two calls. Absolutely. yeah, I don't think I think a lot of authors starting out, they don't appreciate just how significant this is, because it's uh, to me, it's like even advertising. It's like you can have the best advertising background in the world. But if you are advertising something that doesn't grab people's attention, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You can spend all the money in the world. It's not going to sell a book that people don't want to buy. Whereas if you get the cover right, mm-hmm. it, it makes all of the difference. It's all about that conversion rate. And every single step of the process is like, you know, they see your cover and they click on it and then they read your blurb and they like it. And then they read your look inside and they like it. And it's like every one of these things is a hurdle to get over and you have to get mm-hmm. all of them right. And if you do, then the percentage of people who you can get to your product page who end up becoming readers ends up making you a profit. But if you get any of those steps wrong, you're going to lose people along the way. Exactly. Right. Yep. And, and cover is that first step, right? You have that's I mean, you have to get that right. So and uh, this is something that I've seen a lot. And actually, even today, um, I was uh, talking over email with somebody who had a thriller and they weren't getting a lot of clicks. And they were asking me if I you know, had any ideas. And, you know, I looked at the cover and the cover to me, looked like um, like a YA children's book cover. It was illustrated. It had a kid on the on the thing, and he was you know doing something. And it's like this doesn't say thriller in any sense, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not you're not selling it to the right group of people. Like maybe sure, maybe it is in the thriller categories on Amazon, but you know anybody looking at it in any. Um, medium that's going to show them the cover and they have to click to, to read more are just going to discount it right away because of that like you said that unspoken promise of here's a book with a cover that meets the expectations so you know that i've written a book that you want to read because my cover is the same as or it gives you the feeling that this is a thriller not a book that gives you a feeling that this is a young adult title or whatever so uh, that's absolutely uh, the truth there is that, you know, you're, you've made this promise to the reader. And a lot of authors say to me that, um, you know, I, you know, I wanted to do something different because, you know, I want to be unique and I want to stand out. And, you know, that's, this isn't the time to stand out. If you're a self-published author, especially if you're, if you're just getting started, that, that's not the place to stand out. You want to stand out, write a, write a really unique book that, you know, is really, is great. Um, but when you are trying to put your book up against everyone else, and these days, you know, there's so many books out there, um, you need every advantage you can. And that means for a cover, that means something that meets the expectations of the readers. That means not different, not unique. I mean, it's going to be different. It's not a copy of someone else's, but like Roland was saying, there's certain things that people see the type of font, the type of color scheme that, you know, a lot of thrillers have sort of like 
somebody on the cover, like a man or a silhouette or, you know, Mm -hmm. somebody running or whatever. Like there's a lot of these common themes and every genre is different. So you need a cover designer if you can't do it yourself that understands the genre or at the very least understands how to research a genre that they haven't uh, worked with to to Mm -hmm. understand what is going to sell in that genre and what is the appropriate um, cover for that. Because as you said, people hire these great graphic designers, these great illustrators or whatever, who have no idea they've never done a book cover. And so they do these like beautiful looking covers, but they're, they're just not what people are looking for in that genre. And so they don't sell. And then they, they wonder why, like, Oh my God, everybody said this, this was a beautiful picture. Sure. Yeah. I hang it up in a museum, but it's not, you know, (laughs) it's not a, it's not a good book cover. So, you know, that's, yeah. And I mean, like the, on just to break off on that point, I mean, eventually you do get to the point where it doesn't matter what's on your cover. You're selling your author name because I mean, when you get to the point where people know who you are, you can be more experimental. You can take risks. You can do something that is outside like genre convention because people aren't looking at your covers anymore. They see, uh, this book is written by, you know, whoever their favorite author is and they buy it immediately. It doesn't, the cover is almost incidental. And I mean, a lot of like big name authors have multiple covers for their books now. I mean, in the, in the self-published space, I see all the time um, in, in romance, especially where, you know, the, the ebook and the print cover will be different because like they have that option of, of selling, you know, like a print cover on their, on their website, or they'll have, um, sort of modesty covers where like the the front cover won't be like the man chest. It'll just be this plain cover with just the title and just a solid block of color. Like, you know, because that's easier to read at the beach. So no one like looks at you funny, like when you've got this book cracked open or whatever. So, I mean, like the, then at that point, like the book cover is incidental, but until you get to that point, until you are at a stage where you can put out a book and, you know, make five figures or make six figures, you have to like follow um, what everyone else is doing. And if you try to do something like clever or cute or, oh, I'm, you know, I'm taking my romance book. And because I saw Fifty Shades, like they just have a necktie on the book and that was it. I'm going to do that, too. It'll be like to your detriment and your book will not sell. I think there's a distinction as well between what works for traditionally published books and what works for self-published books, because traditionally published books have the ability to get thousands of copies of your book into brick and mortar stores. And they have all of the mm-hmm. uh, the mailing lists and stuff. And if you're a big author, like the new James Bond book by Anthony Horowitz, it's like it's a James Bond book. It's Anthony Horowitz. You could literally just have a blank cover and people would still buy it. Whereas when you're a self-published author, you have to to sell yourself through your cover before people will even take a chance on you. So, so true. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's a great point because uh, I have had lots of authors do that too. And they give me that apples to oranges comparison. Well, you know, the, I'll say, well, your cover, you know, you've got a romance cover, but you don't have people on it and people, uh, most readers, you know, romance is about relationships between people. And so often it's people on the cover that will sell the book. And then of course there's the levels of, you know, men sell. I find that uh, attract people more because the the readers are primarily women. Couples uh, do, you know, say second best 
female only does third best. No person at all does worse. And, and but then people will say to me, because so they'll they'll have a cover that has no people on it, and I'll say, well, that's part of your issue. And then they'll point to you know their favorite big name author that sells billions of books who has a cover that's mm-hmm. similar with no people, and they'll say, well, that person sold seven billion books, and they have no cover. And I'm like, yeah, but they have, or you know, they have no people on it. And I mean, those those people don't need to follow the conventions anymore. They have a list of people, whether it's their own mailing list or just people out there who are waiting for their book to drop, they're going to buy it no matter what. It doesn't matter. They just, they have an alert set up. Oh, this person has a new book. I'm going to buy it. And that's it. It doesn't matter. They're not even looking at the cover. You can't do that if you don't have a big list, if you don't have a, a, a whole bunch of people ready to buy your book that are going to push you up the charts regardless of what you look like and or what your cover looks like. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. That's, it's hard to, some people just don't get that. There is a difference between, you know, having made it and being able to do your own thing and trying to make it and having to conform a bit. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's important to stand out. I mean, it's, it's, it's like you were saying, you don't want to like, ape someone else's specific style but at the same time like there are uh, you know five or six things you can tick like like if you look at any bestseller list for romance or thriller or mystery or horror you know there are five or six things that almost all of those book covers have in common and the the, the thing you need to do is you grab all of those and then you put them together like in a way that like that that stands out in a, in some way that that makes it uniquely your own because I mean, even though you're limited, you know, in the number, in the, in the amount of like design elements that these things have in common, you can really like make things your own to an extent, you know, creatively, like as long as you make sure that you have all of them there, you check all the boxes, then you're, you're good to go. You know, you've, you've sold like the, the premise You've you've uh, you have your mood, your tone, your genre. Like as long as all of that's communicated, that's all you really need. And then after that, if you've made sure that you check all those boxes, then you can play around some. You know, then you can take you know like make things you know your own or or you know use things that not everyone else is doing. But um, it's really like super important that like all like if you're just starting out, absolutely one hundred percent, you have to hit them all. Like, or your book, I mean, it's like having like your arm tied behind your back. I mean, it's like your, your selling process is going to be so much harder. Your advertising is going to be so much harder. Like you have like an ad, you know, for Amazon or for Facebook or whatever. And if you have a substandard cover, you might as well be flushing your money down the toilet. Like, I mean, it's just, it's not going to sell your book. So like everything starts there. Like, and, and when I write a book, like when I, before I start, I might have like a basic premise of a book I want to write. The very, very first thing I do 100% of the time is I make the cover first, always. Like I always design the book cover for the book first because as a, a visual designer with, before I ever started writing, that's where I came from was is like graphic design, visual design. Like when I started writing, I would make a book cover and that would tell me what kind of book I was writing what the tone was supposed to be, what genre it was supposed to be, 
Like, and then I could craft a story like around that cover that would 100% sell the story because I started with the cover first. Now, most authors do it the reverse. I mean, they write the book and it's like, oh, okay, now it's time to design the cover. But like, it's always a good idea if you're a first time author or even if you've written 100 books, make notes about like the important things if you're going to design your own cover or even if you're outsourcing because your cover designer, if they're worth their salt, is going to be asking you what is important to have on this book cover. And you have to be able to tell them I've written a thriller, um, you know, that's, that's a medical thriller. So like we need to have sans serif font. We need to have, you know, a specific color scheme. We need to have like, uh, you know, some sort of like medical sort of like imagery, like on the cover, like, to, you know, lab equipment or, you know, like a hospital or, you know, like something to, to show the reader at a, at a, just a glance that like, this is what I've written. And then hopefully they click the, the cover because it's, you know, it's something that they want to read. And then they read your premise or your blurb rather. And they see that like, oh yeah, this sounds cool. Then they click your book, you know, or if they're, if they're, you know, if you're advertising or if you have an ad and they see that it's something that like, you know, it's, it's a book that's been sponsored or a book that pops up on like a, a famous author that they like to read and your book looks similar to like the book that like they just clicked on, you're way more likely to get a conversion from that versus like, if you have like this smiling, happy face, like you were saying, like on a, a thriller book, like no one's going to click that, you know, like it doesn't make any sense. Like you're just going to confuse people. Yeah. I always say it's almost like uh, going James Bond going to the ambassador's reception. If you go to the ambassador's reception, everyone is wearing a tuxedo. You can't even get in if you're not wearing a tuxedo. But James Bond, of course, wears the sharpest tuxedo and has the, the brightest flower and it's the sleekest and the best fitting. So he stands out. But at the same time, you have to blend in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's it's exactly. very, very super important. Yeah. And I mean, that. so that brings up another point that I've heard before is that, um, and, you know, as you said, it. Uh, a good cover designer is going to ask for your uh, the author for their feedback, um, get a feel for the book. They you know they usually haven't read it. They don't know the intricacies and the plots and the this is and that. So it's absolutely a good idea for them to talk to the author and get a feel for it. But at the same time, uh, you know if the author is trying to micromanage the um, the process and say to the cover designer, no, I want, I, I want this and I want that. And the cover designer is like, well, the, you know, this is the kind of thing that sells in your genre. And like, yeah, but I want this and I want that. It's like, you know, you're sort of undercutting the whole point of hiring a professional that understands everything. Right. Cause I hear that happening too, where um, people, you know, they said like, Oh, uh, you know, somebody said I should hire somebody to, to do a, a, cover so i did and my book still doesn't sell and then you look at it and like uh yeah but it doesn't really you know fit the genre it's like well you know the the designer wanted to do all these things but i i didn't like that and so i changed it's like and what's the point right yeah those are also the ones oh go go ahead no go ahead yeah yeah good Oh, I was going to say, those are always the ones where you your heart breaks a little, where they're like, well, it's kind of a cross-genre thing. And it's like, that's yeah. that. I appreciate what you're doing with your book, but that's not necessarily how book, self-published books sell. Yeah, uh, it's, it's when you get hired as a designer, and I have years and years of experience with this. And a, lo- a lot of times you get someone who hires you to be their hands. And... 
it's a it can be a very frustrating experience because when you get somebody who hires you to be their hands as opposed to someone who hires you to produce something for them and based on your expertise and you just want somebody who wants to micromanage it it almost always ends up being like a subpar product like it almost always ends up being um not just uh, like a, a frustrating experience on the part of the designer, but uh, a waste of money uh, on the part of like the author too, because they are going to pay the designer one way or the other. And then they're going to get something that they're just going to have to have get redone in, you know, a month when their book is floundering and they have to do the whole process all over again. And it costs them twice as much when, if they had just listened or, you know, taking a step back, the it's it's important if you're a new author and you're working with a designer who has experience, okay, to remove your ego from the equation completely. Like you have to kind of be able to step back and objectively say, like, I'm going to put my work in your hands. But I mean, that's what you're paying them for. Like that's the reason that you hire a professional is that you give them, you you put your trust in them. I mean, because otherwise you can learn to do it yourself. I mean, cover design is complicated, but I mean, you can learn to do it. There are a mountain of classes online and and tutorials for things like Photoshop or GIMP or Affinity or a million other software options. Like you absolutely can learn to do it yourself. And I frankly think you should because it gives you like a, a more complete respect for not only the genre that you're writing, but also just like book publishing in general, because you get to see under the hood of not only the portion that you're used to, which is just writing, you know, a hundred thousand words, but also like the packaging aspect and being able to, to manage it all. And it keeps you, you know, very like centered, I think, but yeah, like if you hire a designer and you don't listen to your designer, you're absolutely doing yourself a disservice and your book absolutely is going to like, I mean, I won't say tank, but I mean, it will definitely be a detriment, you know, to your, to your earnings for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the, it's true that, I mean, anybody could learn these skills, but I think there's um, the designer, a good designer has an eye for what works and what doesn't. Like I know that when I started and this was, it was a different landscape, right? This was pre KU. This was like back in, I don't know what it was, 2013, where, you know, self-publishing was fairly new at that point. There wasn't as much competition. Um, And so I used to do my own covers. Cover designers were around, but, like, it wasn't as big of a thing. So, you know, I picked up the rudimentary skills. I did covers that, you know, they were passable for the time. They were certainly fine. Um, But as time went on, you know, I needed to hire somebody to get to get better covers. But my point is like, I could, I could figure out the skills. I could watch, you know, the uh, tutorials and I understand how to do this and to do that, but I don't have that visual eye. You know, I can't, I can see a good cover and know it's a good cover when it's done, but I can't, I don't have the vision. It's the same thing when I, you know, I'm trying to get like new blinds in my house, right? And the you know, the people I have, a, I, a person comes by and they're showing me all these different options. And sure, you know, they have samples, but I need to see 
it on my window <laughs> against right. with mm-hmm. the color that I that yeah. I'm gonna pick <laughs> in my. I need it already done, yeah, and then I can say whether that is right or not. I can't mm-hmm. visualize whether it will be right or not, and so I know my own limitation. I'm I'm not somebody who who should be doing cover design, so I don't right. Um, so yeah, you can, I, I agree that anybody can learn the skills, but I think that there are people that are going to definitely be better at it. Um, and if you understand your, it, I see the value in knowing how to do it. There's sometimes there's things that you can do. You don't necessarily need, um, like if you want to put out some ads or you want to do different, like quick things for your web page or whatever. Sure. It's good mm-hmm. to know the skills to do that design, but, but, you know, to put together a, like a really good cover, um, I wouldn't just because I know how to technically do it, I would never like do it because it just, it wouldn't be as good as if I hired a designer who has that eye. I taught mm-hmm. myself cover design, but I, I made some stinkers before I ever, <laughs> like now I'm, I've got an eye for it because I've like broken down the genres and things. But I remember I, Craig and I first met in uh, on a subreddit and I used to post the covers, my MMA romances and, he used to be like, no one wants to read MMA romances. <laughs> <laughs> I decided that, one that was a different issue, though, right? That was like right. more you you trying to write a genre, like a subgenre that just wasn't super popular, um, more than like a cover design issue. Necessarily. Well, no, then I had the cover designs. I had like really <laughs> angular text, and I had like dodgy looking people on the covers and stuff. And it's like it just mm-hmm. didn't look right. And then I changed the covers. And I think the thing that, that amazed me with my own books. Um, is when I changed the covers and when I updated the blurbs and things, the conversion rate for my advertising increased massively. You know, I, I'd have 10 people going to my uh, my product page and one bought and there before I'd be breaking even. And then if I changed the cover, you'd have twice as many people going and then you'd be making twice as much profit. And if you change the blurb, it doubles. The so if you get the things right, it makes advertising such a viable prospect. And all you need is just that that one cent difference between making a loss and making a profit when you're advertising to turn this into something you can do as a career. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cause I mean, it, it, like it's, it's all exponential, right? Like, I mean, it's, it's a very snowball effect because I mean, the way uh, Amazon's algorithm works is like you make a sale and all of a sudden, like, you know, you are increased in the, in the rankings because you've made a sale and then you make two sales and you get another bump and then you make 10 and you get another bump and so on and so forth. And that all starts with your packaging. I mean, like it, it doesn't matter what your book, like the words in your book mean absolutely nothing at that point. Like Amazon isn't, uh, isn't changing its algorithm based on the length of your book or the book's genre or anything else. All Amazon cares about is how well you sell and how often you will convert to sales. So if someone lands on your page and buys your book, you will, you Amazon will put you higher, like in the rankings and in search results than someone else who isn't selling. So it, it's hugely important to have, have your book cover. Like that's, that's like the name of the game is like being able to have those sales because it becomes exponential. The more people who ultimately see your book, especially if you've got a good, a good cover and a good blurb. And then, I mean, ultimately a good book is that, you know, you'll see like a huge, 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 like increase, like almost immediately, like it'll be like night and day different. 
and I've noticed, I mean, I noticed when I had my first bestseller, it was just a case of, it was like that movie, The Producers, where it was like, where did I go right? And it's <laughs> like you, and I, and it started off with a cover. I happened to design a really good cover that, that had the shirtless guy and, and fit everything else, the expectations. And, and then it was just like, oh, oh, that's what you need to do. And then you can make a career out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I first started doing covers, like it was, it was a mess. Like, I mean, you were saying like, but it's, it's like, it's like authoring. I mean, we've all written books. We all wrote that first book that was a complete piece of crap, you know, like, and probably like the fifth book that was like the same. So, I mean, like those things that like embarrass you like down the road, like the awkward baby deer standing up for the first time. I mean, when you first started doing covers, like, yeah, like the covers that I made were, I'm going to be super clever and I'm going to, you know, like break the mold and like, uh, like I know design, no problem. And those first covers were awful. Just God awful. Like I go back and look at them now and I'm just like, Oh, like so embarrassing. Like, and I mean, even, even like the stuff that like you make like down the road a little bit is just like, is so much better. And like, you know, it's just, and that, I mean, that's the that's the thing that people should uh, not be afraid to change a cover of an older book because um, it mm-hmm. can it can breathe new life into that um, that old product, especially if it's something where you look back, like you're saying, and you say, OK, this was a book I put out a long time ago. I didn't understand a lot of things and I've improved. Um, and, you know, whether or not that means making other changes, uh, you know, maybe you're rewriting the book but or maybe you're not. Maybe you're rewriting the blurb. Maybe you're just doing the cover or the j- title, uh, um, you know, but it, it's not. Um, you're allowed to do that, especially in self-publishing, right? You can go and you can change the cover. You can change the title. Although if you change the title, you, you have to, you know, create a new book and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you lose your reviews, you lose your, all that stuff. But sometimes that's the right decision. It was for the author we spoke to last week. Um, you know, it doubled her sales, even though it meant that she had to start over again. But uh, there's advantages to starting over again too, right? Like the Amazon algorithms, it's a new book. They're starting to push you again, right? So if you have learned a whole bunch of things to improve your product um, and you want to you wanna get more sales, that doesn't mean you have to write a new book, right? I mean, you, you're probably writing one anyways, but in the meantime, you can look at your old stuff and put out new covers and, and refresh them and, and maybe breathe new life into uh, your catalog and, and everything that you're making um, before that. So it's not always about having to come up with another book in order to improve your sales. Sometimes you just have to improve what you did before and learn from the mistakes you made earlier. And it pays dividends down the line. I mean, we interviewed Jen Milliken, who had a four-year-old book on TikTok, and she did a TikTok that went viral. And the reason her book then went to number one in the ranks is because all of those people went there, their cover was strong, their blurb was strong, their concept was strong, so they clicked by. And it's like, it's down the line, you will, you will have the opportunity for one of your older books to get new pairs of eyes on it. And if it's got a cover that's compelling, people are going to buy it. And if it doesn't have a cover that's compelling... You know, people aren't. Yeah, yeah, and that's a good point mm-hmm, for yeah. sure. Because yeah, if you um, you know, if you let your books languish with covers that you know are subpar, and then something like that happens where all of a sudden, you know, maybe you put out a new book and everybody 
buys it and it becomes super popular and then they go and they look at your other stuff uh your your back catalog because they want to buy you know more stuff and then they see something that doesn't look so great and they're like well i won't buy that one you know so so it's always good to make sure that your you know your catalog and your your uh older books look as good as they can uh because uh you never know when lightning in a bottle will will strike like it did for jen Mm -hmm. Um, you know anything you know anything can happen and uh you know, you're always trying new things. And I remember when, um, you know, back when I was writing my first breakout um, book was like an MC romance that didn't even start. And it wasn't even, I'm not, listen, it wasn't a romance so much as an erotica. It was a short erotic piece. It was was really, really poorly (laughs) written. Um, And when at first, in my first iteration of it, it was not an MC book at all, but at that time, MC motorcycle club books, uh, romances were, they were just becoming popular. I think it was when sons of anarchy was, uh, was popular. And, um, that was like the new thing. And so I, I think I pulled that book and I just rewrote it as an MC. I didn't make a lot of changes, but I, I changed, you know, enough that it was, became an MC book and I put it out and it, it became my biggest. And it was such it was such a bad book, but it had a really good cover for the time. Uh, and, and uh, it's embarrassing now, but like at the time I was like, wow. And, um, you know, from there, you know, I eventually switched over to romance and that one sort of like moved off, but, uh, mm-hmm. but that, you know, you never know when that's going to happen. And, um, you know, so it's best to always make sure that you have, you're positioned to capitalize on that success. If, all of a sudden the spotlight turns your way. And it's like one of those things that like, you know, as, as indie publishers, like we kind of have like that, uh, that advantage over like our traditionally published uh, contemporaries where we don't have to wait for the committee to tell us that we, we can change our marketing, that we can update our covers, that we can update our blurbs. We can do it whenever like the, you know, Whenever the mood strikes, like literally you could change your cover 800 times in one year if that's what you want to do. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it because that's a really huge waste of time. But like <laughs> if you want to, you could like, you know, and and no one can tell you you can't. No one is going to tell you, you know, I'm I'm the boss. Like you can't update your cover like we are going to go with, the, you know, and a lot of times like most of the time authors who are traditionally published don't have any input on their covers one way or the other, you know, their publishing house decides based on whatever their designer is going to do. This is going to be your book cover and that's it period end of story. And if it sells then great. And if not, then well, Oh, well, so like that's a huge advantage we have is that we can really kind of pivot on a dime so we can change things based on, um, you know, not just like learning new things, but also market trends. I mean, there's there's always going to be like kind of trendy, simple things you might be able to change in your covers that would make them a little bit uh, fresher, you know, a little more contemporary. Um, and, and it's easier for us to make those kind of changes and, and see, you know, increased interest in, in books that like you guys were saying are older that that might just uh, need a little a little spruce up, you know, to to. Uh, make them viable again so yeah it's it's fun stuff i've noticed when i publish a new book 
often I will have just as many sales as the first book in the series as I will the new book because people like they see the new book, it interests them, but they won't start at the beginning of the series. And that only works because I've got a really good cover. If I didn't, people go back to that first book and, and you know, they'd be like, oh, screw this. Yeah, that, that's I mean, that's the way it works. I mean, yeah, it, people don't have attention spans. I mean, especially now, like, I mean, there's so much content like it just a glut there's a huge pile of content people don't have time to sit and 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 scroll through 300 pages of of you know stuff that doesn't interest them anymore they're going to they're going to scroll through like you know the first you know few pages see something that like catches their eye like immediately pop that open and if it's even like remotely something that sounds good to them they're going to get it because they they're they want convenience and they don't have the attention to like do a ton of shopping they just want to like they're probably tired at the end of the day or they you know they they're they're on vacation or whatever they want to just grab something and have like a fun read of something they might like and they're not going to do a ton tons of shopping so like if you have something that like looks like it might appeal to them nine times out of 10, like somebody is going to click on that book and, and read it. And you're that's like the cover is all, like what makes that happen. Like, like that really is like the name of the game always. It's, I would say it's funny. You said something about designing your cover before you write the book. And it's, I say the best advice is to write the blurb before you write the book. It's advice I never take, obviously. I don't think any writer does, but I think, <laughs> I think if you were serious about self-publishing and you did your research and you saw the covers that was successful, you read the blurbs that was successful, and then you cut, you do design the cover and come up with a blurb, it almost distills what is appealing about the book. And then you can focus on that when you write it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so counterintuitive, but, uh, you know, so many people just write the book they want to write. Whereas if you do that, you can see the, the story you want to tell, but you can highlight the elements of it that will appeal to readers. Mm-hmm. I'd be worried about putting myself in a box where, you know, I've, I've done, especially if I'm paying somebody to do a cover and I, I spend all this money on a cover and then I'm writing the book and it, something changes and I change the direction of the book. And then all of a sudden the cover rig makes no sense anymore. That's a yeah. big waste. But, um, but yeah, in general, it's sort of, it can help you focus at the very least, you know, if there's images that you think, um, you know, especially when you're writing romance, a lot of people, I don't think it matters that much, but a lot of people will say, you know, um, I want a cover that has a person on it that matches what my main character looks like. And sometimes when you're using stock art, it's not that easy to find that. And maybe there's some things you can change, but you know, there's only so much you can really um, change on a, on a photo of a person before it's going to start looking fake. So, you know, when they're, when they're super specific and, and then to find that picture, you might find that picture, but the pose is wrong or, you know, it's just, or there's something mm-hmm. else. So, you know, maybe it, w- w- the one thing I would think is if you, if you found a, a, like a stock image piece that you really liked, you can make the character in your book match that so that you can then use it mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed to the other way around. But, uh, you know, that would be sort of what I would do. The most I would do in terms of uh, picking my cover first. Mm-hmm. I, it's funny. I'll often have with my covers, you won't see the character's face because, you know, the the body 
people um, readers like, but the face they want to be able to imagine themselves. But that's yeah. another convention. You know, there are there are plenty. Romance kind of gets broken down into there's you know the bare chested, raw, sexy man thing, and then there are the couples, which are slightly sweeter romance. And then there are the illustrated ones like Tessa Bailey, and it's like mm-hmm. it te- the cover tells you what kind of book you can expect to read. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. so then quickly before we, I guess before we wrap this up, um, if somebody was looking for a cover designer, um, what are, I guess, some of the most important things that they should look at? Um, because, you know, there's there's lots of cover designers out there. Obviously, like, you know, Nate, you do cover designs for us, um, but that, you know, that's not people's only options. There's tons of, of great cover designers out there. Uh, mm-hmm. So when they're looking to pick one, sort of what should they be looking at? Uh, portfolio it would be probably like the the biggest um like when you're shopping for a designer the first thing you want to look at is the body of their work and any designer who is even semi-professional is going to have um some sort of portfolio that you'll be able to check out um that you'll be able to see like work that they've done in the past um it, it won't be like you're going into a completely dark, like, oh, yeah, I've, I'm supposed to hire this designer, but I, I don't know what they can do. I, I guess I'll have to have them do this mock-up for me to make sure that, like, I meet, you know, or that they meet my specifications. Most designers aren't going to do that. They're going to direct you to their portfolio, and that's where you're going to make your decision based on, like, their previous work. Like, does it meet... Um, you know, does it look like the kind of work, does it look like they, they can meet the genre expectations that the, of the book that you're writing, or does it look like they'll be able to learn them? Um, the other thing, uh, a really good designer will have probably some kind of questionnaire for you. Um, that's something that you want to look for because they want to make sure that they are designing something that fits your book um, that fits like you as an author, um, that they're not just going to, you know, I'm doing a romance book or I'm doing like a, a, you know, romance suspense or I'm doing like a romance fantasy or whatever. And they just do some, whatever they want to. I mean, you can actually have them do whatever they want to. And if you're happy with that, then great. But most designers are more interested in, making something that is like, you know, uniquely yours, like that you can be proud of, that you can be proud to cover your book with, that, you know, you can say like, you know, like if you have your book on your shelf or whatever, then, you know, you can look at it every day and be like, yeah, like, yeah, I I totally like wrote that book and like the cover like makes me happy. So most designers, like if you're looking for a good one, good designer will always have a portfolio you can take a look at. And uh, communication is probably like the biggest thing. So if you if you have a designer who falls off the face of the earth for like three weeks and you have no idea what's going on, you absolutely need to like find another designer because uh, especially like in this business, uh, communication is absolutely key. And having someone who may be absolutely brilliant in their, you know, they have a great eye or like, you know, they've got like tons and tons of, thrilled customers or whatever but like if somebody is ignoring you for three weeks or you know just is is if you get like a feel that like maybe this isn't the best relationship for you you should probably move on not every designer is going to be the best fit for every author and you shouldn't be afraid to say 
you know what, like, I think that like, this isn't going to be a good fit because there are tons of designers out there, just like there are tons of authors out there. And there are, are people who are going to mesh better than others. And you shouldn't be afraid to say, you know what, I, I'm okay with like the two of us just going our separate ways because a good designer will probably tell you, I'm not the designer for you. Like, and that's okay. Like you should just shop around again. Like it's not that big of a deal because the benefit of having someone who works well with you means that your books sell better. Like that means that you have a relationship that will last you for your career because most designers are interested in designing. Like that's what they, you know, they pay their bills with. So if you have a good relationship with a designer, it can last you for years, for decades, like for the length of your own career. I mean, you guys could win awards together, or, you know, be friends. Like, I mean, it's something where you can build something, a relationship that will ultimately be hugely beneficial for both of you. So like, it, but it all starts with like looking at their work, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people, uh, once they find a designer they like, they stick with them for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think you've also got to have a designer who'll push back if you need it, or at least oh, the yeah. justification of the choices they make, which I think mm-hmm. that we can do. Now, unfortunately, it looks like we are running out of time. This has been a fascinating discussion, Nate. We 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 uh, we need to have you back on on this, this podcast <laughs> anytime. Again, I think. Anytime. Tons and hopefully, God knows. <laughs> well, um, you know, Nate, you're a cover designer. You do other stuff. If people want to find find out about your services and what you do, where do they go and find you? Uh, well, I only do uh, cover design through Hidden Gems. Um, most of like the uh, the work that I do, uh, I, I don't tend to do a lot of like freelancing these days. Just don't have time for it. So, pretty much, if you want to find me, I'm at Hidden Gems. Um, if you want to learn more about like cover design, um, if you want to learn more about self publishing, um, I'm also on Reddit a lot of the times as uh, Salacious Stories. I'm the moderator of our erotic authors and our romance authors um and uh, both roland and, and craig both are frequent posters there too uh so uh, there's a great like self-publishing communities if you're interested in learning more about the subject um lots of people there are thrilled to help you uh be successful so uh, yeah, it was a great guys. Thanks for the the chat. Very. You've great. also you've also written some great blog posts for Hidden Gems. Yeah, well, you know, I, I I do I do I don't as often as I would like to, but uh, I do try to. If I'm going to put something out there, like I want it to be, you know, like I do keywords, you know, cover design stuff that like people struggle with, especially when they're starting out with self publishing, um, because I mean it's the stuff that I struggled with when I started self publishing. I mean I started in what 20, 2014. You know, not knowing anything, you know. So, I mean, if if I write something or I put something out there, it's usually because it's something that I personally struggled with that I think that would, you know, help people out. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I, I'll take an article anytime I can twist his arm into yeah. getting, him to, getting him to write one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So th- thanks again for, for coming on, Nate. Uh, I think yeah, this is so really cool. something, it's such an important topic and it's definitely something that authors, uh, you know, have struggle with some, especially starting out authors uh, understanding the importance of the cover. Um, and so this is, this is a great uh, explanation of why it's important and what it can, what a good cover can do for you. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Nate. If you've enjoyed this, this conversation, make sure to leave a comment down below. Give us a like, if you haven't done already, whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening uh, as a podcast, make sure you subscribe and we will be back next week with another episode of fully booked. Thank you so much.